Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce Dave Valentine. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here with you. Yeah, so I am a serial entrepreneur and business owner. I actually own a piece or an entirety of eight different companies and mostly in the marketing space. And uh, I live in the mountains on a river in the woods. So uh, I enjoy my life quite thoroughly and yeah, do have eight very successful companies. So it's very, very fun. Nice. Yeah, that sounds idyllic. The the river part, not necessarily the eight companies <laughs> part, because that, uh, <laughs> how, yeah. how do you manage it all? <laughs> Honestly, I have, I have really good operators. I, I also focus on developing the leaders of those companies. Really, that's the game for me at this point is going, hey, how can I help the operators? really generate the revenue, balance the budgets, lead their teams in a way that's actually going to be helpful. And that's how I devote most of my time. And then on occasion, I put on my firefighter hat and uh, go put out fires. I'm pretty good at it at this point, but it's really pretty easy, uh, surprisingly, in comparison to what most people imagine it to be like. <laughs> yeah, I'm mind blown because... <laughs> <laughs> Having been part of several startups, it's hiring the right leaders is probably the hardest part of the job. And then figuring out how to iterate quickly and, and figure out when something isn't working out. I, I just see, anyhow, we're getting out of our realm of marketing and what we're going to talk about good. today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. You're right. It is hard to find and hire those people and then train them up. That being said, there's also a little bit of, we have a system for how we find those people. We have the same six core values for each of the companies. And that's how we hire, promote and fire people is based off those six core values. So honestly, it makes finding those people easier. Great. Well, perhaps we'll talk about that in a future episode, but today we are discussing why every marketer needs an outrageous offer. And I love the topic. It's, it's very, actually kind of clickbaity, but very true. But <laughs> before we dig into it, let's discuss how buying behavior is evolving as we speak. And this is really tied to how generations are moving through the workforce and what used to work does not always work today. Let's, let's, let's dig in. Yeah. So one of the things that's, that's interesting is there's a HubSpot survey that comes out every year and it's, it surveys 100,000 B2B marketers, 100,000 B2B sellers, and 100,000 B2B buyers. And when they talk to the buyers, 88% of them prefer to be contacted via email, which is fascinating to me, right? Because I hear from everyone, I always get hit up on email. It's so annoying getting hit up on email. However, people are much more amiable. They're much more open to being hit up on email than they are on the telephone or on LinkedIn or anywhere else. It's really, really interesting because it feels like a light touch. So one of the things that, that we've really honed in on is, Hey, where are people's eyeballs? I was having this conversation with a VP of sales a few months ago. He was like, why don't you do any LinkedIn outreach for your SDR company? And I said, well, how many times do you check your LinkedIn? every day. And he goes, oh, I don't check it every day. I check it like once a week. I was like, great. How many times do you check your email every day? He goes, I don't know, like 30. 
bingo, your eyeballs are in your inbox, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for that was like a mind shift for him. Part of the, the reason why the outrageous offers are so compelling is that we're looking for some, some sort of certainty, especially if you're um, a millennial, right? All of our life has been uncertainty. We've had more major events happen in our generation that have really changed the landscape of the world than a, a generation has experienced for a hundred years. And so for us, it's like, we actually want like a guarantee. It's one of the cornerstones of creating a, a, an outrageous offer. Can you give me some sort of certainty that this is actually going to work? Can you give me something in return for generating results? If you can, I'm down to pay you handsomely for that. So a lot of times people hear outrageous offers and they think, oh, I'm going to just decrease my price. Yeah. Actually, it's the opposite. Increase your price, increase the value above that price. Then you've got a winning offer. Well, and it's interesting. My first foray into marketing was uh, publishing a fiction book and discovering that only the most famous authors get any advertising dollars or help. So, but along those lines, I had to do a lot of research on what's the right price point and finding that the lower the price, a lot of times the lower the perceived value, whether that's true or not. And you really have to dial into what you're giving people to justify the higher price point. But once you can do that, they're much more willing to participate and adopt it because that all of those $0 Kindle books or 99 cent Kindle books just sit on Kindles unread. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I, that was kind of a tangent, but I'm about to go on another one. So speaking of email, <laughs> I knew this would be fun. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> I love it. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> I'm here for it. So one of the interesting things I've noticed and seen popping up more and more often, and we even ran into this ourselves, thank goodness I moved the sales team on a different domain. But what I'm seeing is a lot of these sales engagement tools, mm -hmm. um, people don't understand that email providers have gotten wise to that loophole and they're starting to penalize email senders that are sending very large volumes from their inbox. So if you're not going into the back end of that tool and really restricting the volume, your domain deliverability is probably through the floor, which is not where we, yeah. we want it through the roof, right? So other things that I see causing problems, uh, not verifying the emails are valid before you're sending them. You get a high bounce rate, not creating the outrageous offer and sending them things that aren't relevant and getting reported as spam. Have you seen this in the market? Are there other things that people should really think about before they just set their salespeople loose? You're asking very intelligent questions. You get double bonus points. Yeah. So this is the thing that no one talks about, right? They're like, I'm going to do this in-house or I'm going to hire an outsourced SDR firm or, or whatever. The game really started to change when Russia invaded Ukraine. So that tipped the scales for what happened. So, and, and, and the reason why that occurred was as soon as that happened, Every major corporation said, we need to lock some stuff down. Cybersecurity needs to be elevated because Russia cyber attacks were happening in droves. Yep. And in addition to that, email service providers were concerned about this. That there were going to be all sorts of cyber attacks using their email platforms to send out bogus emails. 
I'm so glad you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking from that angle and it just makes so much sense because so many effective attacks, uh, I'm thinking like ransomware, phishing, like all of these yep. things tend to happen on email. I was thinking more from the perspective of, oh my gosh, marketing has all these privacy laws and they're finally figuring out that they need to catch up on the sales side. No, no. Interesting. Interesting. No. Uh, what, what is true though, is that if you're using any sort of automation, email service providers, platforms, they all know it now. They can all visibly see it. So if you're not doing a one-to-one -one email, they if you're not a real person, they are aware. You can't hide anymore. Best practices, yeah, you got to slow down your sense. I highly recommend some platforms that give you visibility into your domain score. It's vital. You have to set up the domains effectively. So setting up Bimmy on the back end, setting up your DMARC, all these little things, which if you don't know what these are, you can go Google them. They're all little tasks that actually improve your deliverability and help you. But one of the things that we've seen in our software is that, you know, we'll be running, let's say 10 email aliases for a client every single month. Two of those will start to have a drastically reduced domain health. So we'll have to put them back into an oven and then run them that way. Uh, one of the things that's going to happen in March is that Google is not going to allow you to do auto warming of inboxes anymore. Oh, well, that, no, that's no, game, I'm disappointed. It's a game changer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a big deal. And so whenever that happens, it just means you have to innovate. So like one of the things that we've started to do is like high domain authority newsletters, CNN, ESPN, you know, uh, MSNBC, whatever, right? Like any sort of like news outlets good. You can actually sign up for their newsletters. What do they do? They send you emails every single day to an inbox. So now they're just flooding that inbox, showing that it's real, like you're a real person. And that's, it's labor intensive, but that's the way that you're going to have to do to get around it. So fascinating. No, that's really good to know because like one of the strategies I deployed in my case, I didn't have a lot of buy-in. You know, some people have the mentality that at-bats equals chances equals more sales. And sometimes the opposite is very true. And a more surgical approach can have far better results for the amount of effort you're putting in. But if you don't have buy-in to that, one of my strategies was warming up an additional domain or two moving your sales team over to that so that your CEO can get an email in an inbox, a primary inbox and your accounting team and customer success. Right. So having, that's so interesting. So instead of mass warming, like maybe five domains at a time, we're assigning a different domain to the sales team, encouraging them to subscribe to some different newsletters and then have it. Wow. Yeah. The, the whole game is changing so fast. Yeah. And and I was actually surprised because right now, usually this time of year, Google rolls out things that they're going to do and they don't give you three months. They're like, we're going to roll this out on January 15th. And it's yep. like, ah, and so the fact that they gave everyone so much time and so much of a heads up means that they're keenly aware that yeah. they're, they're being used like this. And it's for a long time. What they did was they made people subscribe to a year long agreement for their, you know, to be, have their premium email subscription. Now they're not doing that. And they're seeing a rise in this. The, the thing that's fascinating to me is you're going, it, it's really going to separate the professionals from the amateurs, right? Because if landing in inboxes is the game, 
right? Like if you can land in an inbox and you have a well-worded email that's short and sweet to the point and you have an outrageous offer, guess what? Everything's going to be fine. But if you're landing in spam, doesn't matter how good your marketing message is. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. And we get so many emails, like you said, every single day. And if they're really off base, like I get an email every day about, would you like to buy a list of people who are customers of X software? No. No, it's not related to anything I do. That's that's yeah. not a good approach. But we're coming full circle now because we're talking about how buying behavior has changed. And we're talking about the things we need to adjust to appeal to the current generation. The outrageous offer is part of that, but also how you structure your website, how you think about writing your emails, all of these things are getting impacted. Um, what are some other ways you're seeing the current buying process really change how we've been thinking about things? So Harvard and Oxford did a study in 2004. They wanted to know how many touches it took for someone to have an experience with your brand that then allowed them to recall generally who you are and what you do. So in 2004, it was four touches. They did that same study in 2018. It's 17 touches in 2018. It's more now. So like in order to get someone's attention, (laughs) this is not my surprised face, by the way, I'm like, yep. Duh. And so, so anyway, so I'm answering your question. Most marketing sucks. When I say that it sucks, I mean, it's not clear what product or service you provide. It's not clear who you serve. It's not abundantly clear how much it is. Like we put pricing for all of our services on all of our websites and it's not cheap, but what's the most frustrating thing on the planet? You go to a website, you're like, Hey, I, I think I need what you guys are doing. Oh, fill out the form and we'll have somebody to contact you. Just tell me the dad come price up front. If you're gating it, if you're doing like the French high end restaurant thing where the price isn't on the menu and you just assume that I have seasonal, I know it's like, (laughs) come on guys, give me a ballpark at least, you know, am I going to pay $10,000 for this solution or I'm going to pay a hundred thousand dollars for this solution. Like give me somewhere. So I think that it's a lot clarity and transparency of what we want. Right? So if you can create simple messages, they're going to stick better. It's one of the reasons why we, when we work with clients, we'll take a case study. That's like, this is not an exaggeration. We got a 22 page case study and we reduced it down to a singular sentence and put it in an email. And the client was like, there's no way that's going to work. And, and we booked them like four meetings in the first two weeks of their campaigns running. And they're like, how the hell do you make that work? And it's like, you know, and, and some of this too, it's, it's really interesting. My, my chief product officer was at uh, the SCR firm. She was recounting this story about a client that she was talking with recently. And she was like, Hey, we need to have an outrageous offer for you guys. And they're like, ah, we don't want to do something that's going to cheapen our, our value. And she's like, well, okay, what do you do? You know, like, do you offer any sort of like money back guarantee? They're like, Oh yeah, we, we offer a money back guarantee. If, if we don't hit these markers and she's like, that's an outrageous offer. You already have it. So what's funny is a lot of times these people like companies already have this baked into their culture. They just aren't using this language of that's an offer. And then they're not marketing that they're not putting that in their headline. And it's like, no, talk about why you're awesome in your headline. And a lot of people aren't doing that in multiple spots. Sorry, you got me passionate there. No, no, it's funny because it's so easy to jump to the conclusion. These people are idiots. 
when you're so close to something and it's yeah. part of what you do every day, it doesn't occur to you that, Hey, this is really valuable. We should put this on the front of everything. And sometimes it's really helpful to have an outsider or a consultant come in and say, <laughs> you guys, forest trees, <laughs> you miss the forest. You're staring yeah. at the tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I would say it's really hard to read the label of a wine bottle when you're inside of it, and uh, that's that's how it is for most businesses, right? They're like, I just keep thinking about it in this way, and one of my favorite things to do is I compel the people that are leading our businesses to go sit in on sales calls. What do people ask for? Or you know, they can listen to the recording. That's fine too when they ask for things that should be a cue in our mind of something we should talk about. Right. Yeah. So one of the biggest questions that people have for SDR work for us, they're like, what happens if you don't book any meetings? I'm like, I give you your money back. Oh yeah. We have a minimum number of guaranteed meetings. We'll work for free for 90 days. If we still don't hit it, we'll give you your money back. Correct. Oh, well that just took all of the fear and anxiety out of my body. I now feel like I can move forward with you. Great. Awesome because that's what people were asking for. So just figure out what you need in order to help get the results. It's really, it's fascinating to me that pe people make business so hard. And also I made business really hard for a long time. You know, so, like yeah. we don't have pricing on our site and it's an agree a disagreement that I fight comp well on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> My point is like, people are going to Google it and they're going to find an answer and it might be yeah. wrong. So we might as right. well give them the right answer. So maybe by the time this episode airs, we'll have pricing. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I, I should it, edit it out. No, I, I, <laughs> this should be a free consulting for your company. Um, yeah. Put it on like the worst thing you could do is AB test or like the best, like the worst case scenario, you AB test it, you find out that you don't get as much, but the best case scenario is, and this is what we found people disqualify themselves when they see the pricing on the site. They're like, I can't afford that. Thank God we didn't have somebody to take time to talk to you. <laughs> like, yeah. Great. And I can see that being particularly helpful with new salespeople who are super eager and will take a meeting with anybody. And it's like, you know, we, it's this two and a half hours plus all the time you spent prospecting and doing emails and we're going to have to tell them it's not a good fit and refer them to somebody else. Right. So yeah, it's a lot of pain that could be avoided. So what's the framework people should use to think about how they develop an outrageous offer? You know, it's so interesting to me because people get so hung up on creating outrageous offers. Like they're just, I don't know. Have you, have you had that experience where it's like, you're trying to just create, I'm, I'm going to get to the framework, but I, I just think it's interesting. You try and say to people like, Hey, listen, people respond to offers. Let's create one. And the instinctive response is we can't do that. It's going to lower the value of our brand. And I'm like, well, where'd you get that idea? So have you, have you encountered kind of pushback whenever you try to put together offers? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the framework's pretty easy, right? So number one, what's the main thing? Like what we need to make sure that we're selling people a result, not a process up front. We can talk about the process in the sales call, but up front, we just want to talk about what's the result, right? And it's not even necessarily the thing you're selling. So like I have an SDR firm. Am I actually selling meetings? No, I'm selling business growth, right? I own a flight school with my brother. Am I actually selling instructor pilots and 
planes and no, I'm selling them a new career. I'm selling them a new hobby, something they can do for fun, right? So you have to understand what the main thing is first. That's that's and then the second thing is what kind of guarantees could you offer? Now this is where people pull away. They really get upset. I can't guarantee things. The client has so much to do with the success that we have, that they have. I can't guarantee something. Great. Exactly. You're spot on. So what would you need in order to guarantee some sort of results? I'll tell you what we do. We say, Hey, listen, uh, for the SCR firm, you need to have at least three case studies and be willing or have an outrageous offer at the start of your campaign. And then every month after that, we need at least one new case study or another outrageous offer that we can pitch. If you give that to us, we will give you a minimum number of guaranteed meetings. If you choose not to, no guarantee, right? And so it's just being upfront with people about what you need for a conditional guarantee most of the people listening to this are going to need to create conditional guarantees. Unless you're selling a product that's like physical, tangible, or it's a software, you're, you're probably not going to be able to give an unconditional. The second, the, like the third thing that I do is I go, what are the objections I always hear? You're in a sales call. What are the objections you always get for saying no? What's the reason why people aren't saying yes? If you see the objections as opportunities, as a moment, for you to go, Hey, what could we do right, to make that work? One of the things that we do with our PR firm, we hear all the time, well, I don't, is P, what's the return on PR? And so we say, listen, we're going to guarantee you a 15 to one ROI. What? what is, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to guarantee it. Oh, okay. Well now I don't have to wonder what the ROI is. Right. So it just took that away. And then like the, the other things I always look for is I'm like, how can we reduce the time to get results? So like one of the things that I'm always looking for is I'm like, how quickly at the flight school, how fast can we get somebody to private pilot's license? Because that's like, everybody starts there. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, could we get that? It, it, could we get that done in 30 days so that they feel like they're getting a gold star really quickly? Right. And the answer is yes. So if you can reduce the time to the results, that's going to help. And then I'm always like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta make getting started simple. Right. So like, don't make it complicated. I love Proposify for proposals for a number of reasons. We've been using them. We use them at my first company, but one of the reasons why we use them is it's a click and it signs it. Science, it's done. And then we can have automations that go out. And then we also do physical like touch stuff. So some of the things, oh, you're going to, I think you're going to love this. So one of the things we've started to do, we get a new client, my chief product officer or I will shoot a video on our phone the same day saying, Hey, so glad that you decided to become a client. We're super excited to work with you. I took a look at your website. I had an idea of what you said, da, da, da. happy holidays, looking forward to meeting you next week, whatever. Right. It's totally changed the game for every client. Cause they're like, wow, the chief product officer, the CEO, they took time out of their day just to show me some love and it's changed the game. So all of that to say, that's kind of the, the way that I go through creating these. And I will say that I don't always get it right the first time. I'll create offers that I think are going to be great and they totally tank. And then I'll create other offers that I'm like, mm, it's okay. And they crush it. So 
It just kind of depends. Sometimes you got to do a little experimentation. I have been grinning like a theme because I realized we have an offer that we need to start marketing the crud out of. So let's, let's walk through the framework and we'll just, so uh, the first piece was understand what you really sell. Right. So, you know, I could go on a lot of, we do a lot of different things at Caliber Mine, but the main thing is marketing data is a mess. Right. It's all over the place. Yep. We connect it all and make sense of it so you can make more decisions confidently. Okay. So that means scaling your business. That means being able to prove your impact, all of these things. Ironic. So we are structured to connect and clean the data, but the number one objection we hit every single time is my data is a mess. And I feel like I need to get it to a certain point before we can even use you. Right. I'm like, but that's what we, that's what we do. So data transformation package, 90 days, we will get your data connected and in shape. And if at the end of the 90 days, you still don't feel ready, you can decide whether or not to continue. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for opening my eyes. It's going to be really useful. <laughs> it's it, See, what's great is you already have that. Yeah. And that goes back to that point of like, most companies already have a great offer. And they're just not thinking about that that's a selling point, that that's the point that we should lead with. And you're right. What an easy way to step into the conversation of working with Caliber Mind to have you clean up the data. And, and we're going on a date. 90 days is not marriage. 90 days is a date. That's great. In the business world, that's fantastic. That's what we all want. So let's try it out. And assuming, and I bet they do, have a great experience to go, hey, this is really easy. It would be fascinating. And you may have the data on this. How many of those people that go through that project end up working with you guys long-term? We just developed this as like a back pocket sales item. Uh, and I think we're going to have to start starting with it. Let's, let's pitch it. Let's pitch it. And see yeah. what happens. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it when it all comes together. It's That's right. It, it's like free consulting. That's why I do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. I'm kidding. Is there anything else you want to touch on about all of the different topics we have uh, discussed before we talk about where people can find you online? Are there any resources you'd like people to check out? Yeah. So I teach people how to create these outrageous offers because sometimes it, we can just get stuck. So I, I typically charge five grand to do a 60 minute session on this. However, for listeners to the podcast, I created an e-course and I'm giving it away for free. Aha. So you can go check it out. DaveValentine.co is my website backslash OO for outrageous offer. Go there. You can engage with the e-course. It's like 40 minutes worth of content where I take you through each and every piece of the structure and help you create your own outrageous offers. It's super helpful. I'll tell the listeners this because I think it's really helpful. Uh, six out of my eight companies are doing seven figures. I acquired four companies this year. We got two out of the four. I started, well, let's see. I acquired three. I started one. We got two out of those four to cross the seven figure mark this year. And I acquired one in April and launched the flight school in March. And so it's totally possible to use these to really get where you want to go. Oh, that's, it's reassuring to hear too, because so many people are struggling right now with the economy and how and you can still have success. You just need to know how to become 
something people need to have instead of a nice to have. So Bingo. That, the outrageous offer is part of that. Yep. Love it. Where can people network with you online? Yeah. So I'm on every social media platform you can imagine. You can find, if you want to find me on LinkedIn, go for it. Uh, I accept every request that I get. If you're wanting to get some content from me on a regular basis, I am very active on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, you can find my my handle is the same for all those. It's at Real Deval D V A L, and uh, yeah, I put out content on a regular basis. And you never know what you're gonna find because I live in cool spots. So. Uh, sometimes you get some really interesting nature talk or something. So that's cool. Nice. I love it. So for those of you listening who enjoy the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, tell two friends. It does make a difference. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibermind.com. 